That's my pick. And if you've been rocking with the show, you know my pick for the NBA chip. Partly because uh, unibrow. You know, my fault. My fault, y'all. Not unibrow. Happy birthday to Anthony Davis. Happy birthday, AD. Second quarter, Black History shout out. Born on this day, March 11th, 1993 in Chicago, Illinois. Now, in high school, he had a big growth spurt like a lot of different NBA players do. But the difference with him was he still played guard. He still brought the ball up the court. He still was initiating the offense because he was the best player on the team by far. You know what I'm saying? So they was like, may as well just give it to him and let him do whatever he wanted to do with the ball at the top of the key. He did that all four years, and I ain't know none of that when he stepped on campus at Kentucky in 2010 as the number one recruit in the country. All I knew was he's 6'11". They projecting this man to be the number one pick. So I'm like, all right, you must be ready. He was in between when he came to Kentucky. He was averaging 14 and 10 on just energy plays because he was really just learning how to play in the post. He was just learning how to be a big man in a traditional sense, like Shaq always want these big men to be in the post, posting up and shooting them jump hooks and all of that. That wasn't AD's game, but he was a traditional big man on the defensive end. Five blocks a game in college, y'all. Five times a game, he was, get that shit out. Don't bring that weak shit in here. That was AD five times a game at Kentucky. So he was dominating that paint. And this was the first time that I really learned patience with recruiting and, and evaluating young basketball players. Because this is the first time I'm like, okay, well, I know you. I know you're supposed to be this. So let me see. And AD wasn't number one pick. Stats-wise in college, but then college is a different animal because when you got five freshmen that came through like Kentucky had, AD was probably like sixth or seventh in shots taken on that team, and that happens to a lot of college players. But I put myself out there. I real life thought Michael Key Gilchrist, his teammate, I got to laugh at myself for this. I thought Michael Kidd Gilchrist was better than AD, y'all. I'm like, okay, he a, he a wig player. He could guard more people. You know, he a little faster. He could get to the rim, and he was more aggressive in college. Why did I not look at that ugly-ass jump shot and know that AD had a better chance of improving his jump shot? Even though AD shot 15% from three, 70% from the line in college. I should have seen the arc. I should have seen the form on it and knew that it was going to develop. He was just learning that he was getting his shots in different spots now. Good thing I wasn't the GM for the New Orleans Hornets. The next year in 2011, when they picked Anthony Davis number one. He spent seven years over there as they transferred to the New Orleans Pelicans, averaged 23 points, 10 rebounds, and two and a half blocks. Plus, when he brought the All-Star game to his hometown, well, not his hometown, but his team's hometown, New Orleans, he scored 52 points, broke Wilt Chamberlain's record 
for most points in the All-Star. Anytime you break world record, you're doing something big. But he did that in the All-Star game, took home that MVP, of course. But now it's two different ways that I really measure young greatness in the West. Like, All-Star games is good, MVP's cool, all that. But this is the thing. The Western Conference always been loaded. They always have firepower. It's always been tough. It's always been good teams, three, four good teams getting left out of the Western Conference playoffs every single season. But two ways that I define this is, did you get your team to the playoffs while dominating as the best player? He did that in 2015. When you get your pieces, when you get Rondo, when you get Boogie Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins, are you a real threat in the West? They did that in 2018. They was the five seed right in the middle of the pack, and they swept the Portland Trail Blazers to go to the second round. Did that. Boogie got hurt next year. That's what really derailed that team. And without that, I don't know if he would have ever came to L.A. I don't know if he would have ever got traded to the Lakers, but, hey, y'all know I ain't complaining. Automatic impact. 26 points, 9 rebounds, 2.5 blocks on the season on the way to the championship now before he ever set foot in L.A. Four-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA performance, so one of the two best forwards in the NBA three times, and he led the NBA in blocks three times. But yet, people still question his heart. People still question his style. When I see him, when I look at his game, when I see how he play, I see half KG, half Pau Gasol. All these skills in, in the same kind of blender, but you know it's a different mentality when you got KG, you got Pau. You seen that when they matched up in the first finals. But Powell matured. He got more into that role where it wasn't a mismatch when they came back two years later in the finals. And I feel like AD's going through that same type of development where he's not going to scream all the time like KG. But Mad AD do exist, y'all. And when Mad AD get on the run, it ain't nobody in the league that could stop him. And y'all already know that. He been out the last nine games with an Achilles injury. Hopefully he come back tomorrow or whenever he's healthy at some point uh, towards the end of this season or the start of the playoffs because the Lakers record is 3-6 and six without him. So when he get back, please respect that man. Everybody should know by now. No AD, no chip in the first place, but no AD. Damn show no back-to-back -back chip for the Lakers.